Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Welcome to episode six, already sixth episode of uh, the Mo Show. Today, I would like to introduce uh, a friend. She's the co-founder of ACT. ACT is an adult and child therapy center here in Jeddah, one of the first of its kind. Her name is Asya Amr Khashoggi. <laughs> Welcome, Asya. Thank you, Hamad. It's an honor to be here. I, I cannot tell you how grateful I am for you being here. And I know it's, you, it's your first podcast, so this means a lot to me. It is. It is my first podcast. How, um, how's it been? How's, uh, how's life? Um, you know, I think to a large extent, it's been a great opportunity to be able to face certain aspects of ourselves that we're always trying to escape. Yeah, realization and all that. Yeah, because I mean, so much in, uh, of life, you know, we're trying to distract ourselves from what's uncomfortable mm -hmm. or run away from, you know, different difficult feelings. Yeah. So uh, the nature of your profession is already coming out and I love it. So I want to talk about uh, ACT, the Adult and Child Therapy Center located here in Jeddah. Uh, in my travels, I've, I've heard of it. I've, uh, I've, I've loved the initiative. Uh, I thought it was uh, more children related, but then as I spoke to you in the days leading up to this podcast, it's, it's a lot more than that. Can you just talk a little bit about ACT? Yeah, it's been 10 years. We started off in my basement. We're five female uh, psychologists, psychotherapists mm -hmm. that started it off. Mm -hmm. um, uh, Tala Suleiman, Rim al Harthi, Rul Ashur, and Razan Nazir. And they're all active professionals. Till today, yeah. Till today, yeah. Awesome. yeah. Yeah, we're still the same five partners. You studied psychology? I, I, I studied psychotherapy. Psychotherapy. Right? Psychotherapy. Okay. Psychotherapy. Opening in 2010, um, my guess, um, and, for, and again, forgive um, my negligence, um, I would imagine it was one of the first establishments of its kind in Saudi. Absolutely. We aren't really advanced in the world of uh, psychotherapy or therapy in general. Yeah, that's, that's really true. We were the first standalone kind of center dedicated to psychotherapy right. and trying to be, you know, holistic mm -hmm. um, to service, you know, children, parents, couples uh, in, in, in psychotherapy, uh, art therapy, marriage counseling. Mm -hmm. So uh, it's been it's been a ride. It has. It's been a ride because yeah. it's, it's lots of challenges being the first center of its kind. Yeah. And now there's so many that have popped up. I mean, I think during our first eight years, the, the Minister of Health changed like five times and the laws and regulations yeah. changed. And so you have to, you go through that, um, the Ministry of Health, like they, you need to be attested by them. Oh yeah, 100%. Uh, so it's yeah. pretty much a medical facility, lab yeah. labeled under a medical yeah, facility. Yeah, we, we have our license from the, the Ministry of Health, which mm. is you know a real honor and we've you know fought That's hard awesome. for that. Mm. Um, and everyone has to be licensed at the center as well. Mm. It, it's it's crazy how how many people you say have opened after you you know it's somebody brings that one good idea and you know before you know it you have a couple other people copying that idea yeah. it's nice to be the first you know <laughs> it's, it's nice um, to be the first and it's great that there's so many centers yeah. because we all need it we all need that support uh, you know there was that taboo initially um, taboo of, that's yeah, the word yeah, absolutely the, the, the taboo of we don't want to go to you yeah. know a, a therapist or there's something wrong with us yeah. But it's not about mental illness. It's about mental wellness. Wellness. You know? Yeah. And we're all human and we all need that help. And yeah. We're all struggling in our own ways. Yeah. So the fact that there's so many more centers is great. Yeah. You know, we're, we're, you know, of course, it's, it's nice to have been the first. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but you're happy to see people are getting help. So happy to The see number of centers there help. is a testament to how many people perhaps need help. Yeah. Um, it's amazing uh, how many people think that they don't need help therapy I think we all on some level need it um, you know nobody's perfect life is stressful 
Like yeah. how many times would you be chilling at home watching TV and you know you you get a notification on your phone saying that something awful has happened somewhere. Yeah. Now repeat that you know once a week, 52 weeks yeah. a year. That's going to affect you know your stress Absolutely. levels. Um, uh, it might have been a simpler time to 200 years ago without the power of the mobile phone reaching you wherever. Um, and um, and I just feel that on some level we all sh we all could use a bit of therapy in our lives. Yeah, and I think what what people are against or what they're scared of is their definition of what therapy is. Mm -hmm. But therapy is it's it's something I live for in a sense. It's something we all do for 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 each other. And the the space that's created in the therapy room with my clients, or with you know every therapist's clients, is so special because yeah. a lot of it is based on the therapeutic relationship that you create. So it's also about matching, yeah. and and being with the right kind of therapist yeah. Yeah. because that that relationship is a template for your other relationships. Yeah. I can't imagine how it changed your life just with the amount of people that you have been exposed to over the past ten years as opposed to if you were to perhaps go down the road of a desk job, for example, mm -hmm. okay, like myself, you put yourself in a position where you've got a revolving door of people walking into your facility saying, help me. The stories, which I know you can't for client confidentiality <laughs> reasons, but the stories that you must have, the, the relationships that you must have bonded with these people, it's probably why you, I mean, you've always been empathetic and, and, and kind towards people, and I think it, it needed someone with your kind of personality to go out there and help people, but even more so, putting yourself in people's shoes. Um, I think it takes someone like a, a personality like you uh, to, to 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 help people who are in need of help. Thanks, Mohammed. Thanks for Sorry, saying it's that. It's, I, it's, I appreciate it's, that. It's I appreciate it. It's a subject that's so close to my heart, so I speak very passionately about it. Um, as a person who's recently struggled from anxieties himself, um, it's a world I knew nothing about, and now I was like, oh, okay, so that's what that is. And if ever I hear anyone say the word anxiety or complain about anxiety, or I recently saw a girl hyperventilating, mm -hmm. like my heart stopped for them because I know how powerless yeah. you feel when you're yeah. you know, under such duress. Yeah, it's really tough. I mean, you say, you know, uh, um, my being a therapist and, you know, going out and helping people. But it's it's so funny the synchronicity of, of how much they've helped me as well. That's crazy. You know, I'm not I'm not the expert. When you come into a room with your therapist, it's it's I'm I'm only the facilitator because yeah. everyone is the expert on themselves, and you kind of, you know, offer a helping hand or, or help guide them with the best of what you know in that moment. But mm -hmm. every time I have a client, it's so funny how it might resonate with something I'm going through, or something personal in my life. So I've learned so much from each of them, and they give you so much trust. So mm -hmm. it's such an honor to have that. Yeah. That, that time with them. And um, when I was really young, I wanted to be a lawyer. And I was like, yeah, you know, you know the law, and I want to help people and help them get their way and, and, and so on. But it wasn't really the law that was interesting me, interested me as much as it was helping people mm. and, um, or, or helping them figure out what way to take. So, mm. so that therapy room later on became that space. It's yeah. a space of possibility. So it's not there's something wrong with you. It's it's kind of also a space just to look at your life and yeah. to think, am I living, you know, my personal legend out? Yeah. Um, am I doing? Am I living authentically, as we say? Uh, am I listening to my heart? You can just go into therapy and be like, something doesn't feel right in life. Anxiety mm -hmm. is 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 also something. Why are we so anxious all the time? I mean, the world acts against us. You know, the world is 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 programmed to make us feel anxious, and we kind of cover it, cover it up with band-aid solutions, like buying stuff or, you know, food or... Quick fixes. Quick fixes, yeah, you yeah. know. They it's don't like really I, do the job in the long term. No, not you know, even, you know, it lasts a few seconds. At all. 
the dopamine hits, the, you know. But an expiry thing. date. It's, yeah. a, it's a cheap dopamine fix. It's a cheap dopamine fix, especially yeah. our phones. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, we can talk about, a bit more about it later, but it's a consumer society mm -hmm. that makes us all into these kind of victims yeah. you know, on a hamster wheel kind of yeah. chasing. That, that's, it's, it's funny you <laughs> say phones because uh, a guy that I, I, I follow and really appreciate his wisdom uh, is, is a guy by the name of Naval. Mm -hmm. he, uh, he says the moment that the iPhone was introduced in 2005, boredom was dead. But I think, yes, it killed boredom, but at the same time, it only amounted to being cheap dopamine. Absolutely. You know, like what's, what's uh, you know, if that's cheap dopamine, then what's the opposite of that? A healthy lifestyle, eating yeah. healthy, yeah. Uh, a good workout, you know, yeah. that's, you know, that's ex Absolutely. expensive dopamine as far <laughs> as I'm concerned. Good relationships. Yeah. Speaking of like relationships, as far as, uh, you know, what you guys do in ACT, it's more than just child therapy. It's, uh, it's partner, so marriage therapy as well. Yeah. Um, we have corporate therapy if someone has a problem with yeah. his boss. So it's, it's yeah, absolutely. three pillars, if I'm not mistaken, judging by what I read. Yeah, 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 absolutely. And we also go into companies and do programs for them wow. as well, just for, you know, better work environment, uh, yeah. you know, stress management. Was that the last thing you guys did? Like you started off with, with child therapy and adult therapy and then going into companies and having more corporate therapy. Is that one of the last initiatives that you guys did? Um, we've been doing it all along on a smaller basis okay. and now we're trying to make it probably more of our that's um, really core, interesting uh, by the way yeah you know because a lot of people keep in their feelings of you know how they feel towards their superiors their yeah. Uh, yeah. um you know their subordinates and, and and vice versa it's um it's it's really endless you know the amount of help you you can get in in, in areas you thought you never needed help in. absolutely and so much of it comes down to also boundaries you know, working on your boundaries. We do, and we do so many workshops throughout mm -hmm. for different people on things like, you know, boundaries on relation, on healthy relationships. Mm -hmm. We've gone into schools. We've done uh, mindfulness and meditation programs for teachers to train the students and to support teachers themselves. You know, we've done we've done uh, workshops, resilience workshops in Kaos. Mm -hmm. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, making the yeah. teachers self-sufficient. So it's not yeah. like a case of you guys continuously coming back to them. Yeah, um, and, and I mean, teachers, Allah <laughs> mm home. -hmm. <laughs> All parents now, you know, during Corona, really have a new mm. appreciation. Oh, of they do. Oh, absolutely. To, Globally, uh, <laughs> has the landscape changed in Saudi? Are people more accepting? Um, so, someone recently told me that every uh, uh, man and woman, every marriage, should seek therapy. And uh, I went a step further, and I said, every man and woman to marry should seek therapy prior to their marriage. Absolutely. To know what they're getting into, to know how to the expectations how to treat the other one because you're asking essentially someone who's lived a totally different life yeah. and someone who's lived another totally different life to share a house problems will arise if you're if you lack something as simple as consideration if you're not a communicator yeah. if you you know just go about you know without much concern i mean you know there's there's, there's a lot that mar couples can work on prior to getting married it's a really important point you know you're, you're going to go buy a car you take it for a desk drive you're going to go you know work in in a certain field you get an education yeah, in it. yeah. um so you know with marriage and we've done that at act actually we had pre-marital workshops workshops on how the brain of the woman you know works how the brain of the, ma the, yeah. the man works you know two of the most important things where you spend most of your life is you know being like being married in our culture especially because mm -hmm. you know, you don't live as you know as, as couples thought, yeah. there is no trial yeah. there yeah. is no test drive and people come let's say for couples therapy and they want to either you know uh, that's usually they come too late when there's a problem in their marriage or they're thinking about divorce and they're like okay this is the last chance we're like come much that's earlier where, yeah. you know yeah. uh, come much earlier and 
Um, and sometimes people, they think, oh no, you're there to save your marriage. Maybe that's not only the answer. You know, maybe divorce is a healthy option for some people. And that's changed in our society as well. Jeddah has one of the highest rates of divorce. Of divorce. And yeah. remarriage too. So yeah. it's not that they've given up. Wow. Uh, one of our therapists uh, said recently, you know, marriage is a tool to happiness. So is that tool working for you or not? It's mm -hmm. not necessarily just an end goal. And, you know, back to that hamster wheel or us living on autopilot. We're like, okay, I need to grow up, get an education, get married, uh, have children. Okay, but let's think about each of those steps mm -hmm. and not just like get married for the sake of getting married or have kids and, 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 and fulfill all, tick all these boxes. You know, we have to be kind of active agents yeah. in our life yeah. and, and make those, yeah, those choices consciously and think forward. Mm -hmm. uh, so at ACT, you, uh, you know, we, we touched on that you, you deal with three different types of people, children, adults, and then those in the corporate world. Do you end up, did, have you, in, in, in your career there, have you worked with all three different areas? I have, I have, I have. I worked, before I had my own kids, I worked with children a lot more and, and play therapy and art therapy. And um, that was really great. That and must I have really prepared you for when you didn't have kids. <laughs> you know, you, you've, uh, yeah, yeah, you, yeah. Came, you came trained. I, I came trained, or yeah. trained as trained as possible. Yeah. Bab al-Najjar Makhlu'ar whatever they say. <laughs> yeah. So all that training, yeah. I don't know what I would be like without it's, it. It's, it's a Saudi analogy, uh, meaning that the carpenter's door isn't working. You know, you'd expect the carpenter's, you know, a door of a carpenter in his house to work perfectly, but um, but but that's not the case with you. I mean, I'm, I'm sure. No, it is. it is. My door is on its hinges. <laughs> uh, it takes a lot of practice, but that 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 fact makes me able to relate a lot more to, to the clients yeah. and i did a lot of parenting we should do parenting workshops but the more i struggle with my kids the more i can relate to the moms and dads coming yeah. Yeah. um harder to work with kids or adults honestly it depends on the phase you're sorry in. we're going off piste here <laughs> uh it's it's each person's it's different you know can't compare character and you i mean you can but it's it's i loved working for kids for a long time but now mm. i work with adults i don't even do parenting anymore okay i just love that the intellectual challenge mm -hmm. kind of looking at life yeah. Uh, yeah. yeah you know and there's so many aspects to consider because yeah. we everyone comes with their narrative so mm -hmm. we change their narrative their script you know what's your script do you want to continue living the script can we rewrite your script together yeah so my, my son, just going back to you uh, finding it easier yeah. or working with adults more, I have a son who's three years old and he's starting to negotiate. Oh yeah. And he's winning, you know? Like he, if he wants something that I'm saying no to, he'll throw a fit. Now I can do one of two things, give it to him so he can quieten down or stand my ground and say no. So that's, some, that's a place that I'm right now battling with him. Yeah. I, I have been involved in, at work in, in, in negotiations and, and difficult ones, but honestly, it, it hasn't been as hard as negotiating with my three-year-old. Absolutely. It's challenging. It is challenging. It's challenging. But if you give in to the tantrum, he's boss. Okay. So it's crucial to, to stand my ground. And, and in, a, in, a, in a gentle, accepting way where you validate feelings. I mean, if we all validated each other, it's, it's, it's my favorite word. They make fun of me at work. You know, validate, validating someone's emotion. Being mm -hmm. Like, I can see you're frustrated. I know you really want this. But, you know, you can have this cookie after dinner, yeah. you know, for example. And I know you... And let him have that tantrum. The second his tantrum changes your behavior, you've reinforced it. You have. Yeah, <laughs> absolutely. Hardest part of your job, Asya. What would oh. be the hardest part of your job? Give it to us straight here. The hardest part is sitting with some really painful stories. Sitting with 
and, and going home with them sometimes or hearing especially the child abuse that, that, that goes on. Keep, it's kind keeps of you up for nights. Uh, so, some cases have, yeah. That's the yeah. saddest thing ever. Yeah. And it's and it's you um, really breaks your heart and, and I've had I've struggled a lot with it in my profession and I've tried to see so many other professionals as well, supervisors, energy healers, because at one point I almost gave up on the world. I'm like, this is such an evil place. Such an evil place. Um, and, the, and the atrocities that people can do, you know, and that's not, not even a war crime. You know, yeah. this is people in their own homes to their own children or their they own nieces or nephews. And and they, they get, get away, away with it. it. It's the craziest part. And it's, and it's all over the world. Yeah. You know, humans are humans everywhere. People can have their prejudices, their biases, but humans are humans. Yeah. You know, I, I has I no language. Abuse it has no language. has no language. And the problem is, is, is not being able to escape that space. You know, you if they're being abused, it. and you can't, you can't. I, I, no, I meant for them. Okay. They can't, you know, escape the abusers. Power, yeah. Powerless. powerless. In some, in some, you know, and 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 but, yeah, in Saudi, there's so many more, um, you know, women's shelters and uh, programs, and and just even the laws on child abuse and everything have changed. So a lot more. That's interesting. You say that. So if you hear a story of a child being abused, can you report that? Yeah. Yeah. You have to. Report. You have to report. But you it. do it with the permission of. of the, <clears throat> so you go through the Ministry of Health. Yeah, and then there are certain bodies, it. and they take it into their own hands. But yeah, this is we're, new, we're, right? we're, uh, Yeah, that you're required to. Ish, I, yeah. I think so. That's yeah, that's yeah. great news. Yeah. Like you just really turned a sadness. You turned yeah. a frown upside down yeah. with that, um, because yeah. that gives them power now. Yeah. You know. Yeah, you know what breaks my heart is those who aren't coming to facilities like yours. Yeah. Um, yeah. And 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 I hope that. You know, those out there who are affected by abuse or anything where they feel powerless, yeah. they speak up. Absolutely. I mean, we were trying to do what we can to empower them with yeah. support groups as well. And now with online therapy, people who are afraid to leave their homes or they can't leave their homes can just, you know, have their session online or mm -hmm. have their session over the phone. So people in Mecca and uh, Jizan and wherever you no want. Excuse. No excuse. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean, there, the there, are, there are reasons. And the Saudi government is behind this. They yeah. take it very seriously. They're taking it very seriously. Just also in terms of, there's a lot more support for these injustices from the government. Definitely, even even in terms of you know women driving. You know, they're like as a had if someone um, mm. you know bothers you, yeah, the punishment harassment. Or, harassment or, yeah, yeah. That that's pretty high. It's another thing, even yeah. on a corporate level, uh, corporate harassment. You hear about it a lot. You know, movies have been been made of it, yeah. and I'm sure that yeah. happens a lot here in Saudi. So. Um, I, I, I implore, you know, I, yeah. I beg anyone who is listening to this yeah. and is affected by harassment in the workforce, male or female, mm -hmm. to speak up about it. Yeah. And if I can find a number where you can call and, uh, and, and voice your concern, I will, I will tag it. I will put it in the bottom of this video um, because, uh, you know, you, you, we shouldn't, uh, we shouldn't, uh, we should always speak up about this. Absolutely. And, and one of the first steps they can take if, if it's something that they can manage is, is to work with a therapist to empower themselves to create their boundary. Because yeah. it's instead, instead of necessarily always first going to the rescuer, mm. it's being your own rescuer, yeah, you know. And you, you know what's crazy? Once you stop dealing with a problem you've been dealing with for the longest time, you look yeah. back and say, how did I put up with that all this time? It's almost like a waste of life. Yeah. Once, yeah. once you speak yes. up or once you knock the bully out, you're like, why, why the hell did we put up with that person all this time? I've been in situations mm -hmm. in schools before where there was a, a bully in class yeah. and yeah. Um, we just let him take his way mm -hmm. until one day three of us said, you know what? Let's deal with him. Mm -hmm. And he never bullied us again. 
So um, I'm, I'm not saying, you know, get physical, get violent. <laughs> I'm saying speak up if something bothers you. Yes. Um, and, uh, you know, and just not put up with it for and, the longest time. Yeah, and it's that difference of between being aggressive and being assertive. Yes. Um, you know, I mean, you, you speak of bullies and whatever. You, sometimes our emotions feel like they're bullying us. You said, you, you know, you dealt with a lot of anxiety. I have. You know, how did you deal with uh, that? Breathing. Breathing. Uh, working out. I realized mm -hmm. that working out and getting my heart rate up yeah. neutralizes the anxieties. Um, and, yeah. and since I've, uh, I've been good, you know, um, the cheap yeah. dopamine is an unhealthy meal, you know, sitting on your couch doing yeah. nothing. Well, yeah. that results, you know, into further, you know, complications with your body, but a fit Absolutely. mind, yeah. a fit body yeah. is, uh, is really all you need, I think, to get you through at least for me. Yeah. And it's uh, that, uh, like you said, that uh, too much of a, uh, almost, uh, I mean, it's still dopamine, but it's a fake um, Fake, yeah. but dealing with boredom you're not actually doing you're not actually dealing with boredom you're just masking it and you're actually entering a world where 80% of what most people are looking at is meaningless mm -hmm. it's you know how to do the latest makeup or you know sadly so much of it isn't fulfilling it's not tangible you know, it's not tangible my, my mom always used to say you know only only boring people get bored so you know and I say that to my kids and they're like mom but it's true. There's so much available so to much us. So much you can do. Um, How about reading a book next time you think you're bored? You know, the book is what yeah. really is what should kill boredom, not your iPhone. Yeah, and that takes training, you know. Yeah. So, what would you say your favorite part of the job is? Um, it's being in that special space where you know, as as your client comes to trust you, mm. they kind of allow themselves to be human. And we can meet like that as people, which rarely do people, you know, meet like that in real life, yeah. which is kind of like my goal of what I want people to do. You know, they take off their shields. They, you know, leave their ego at the door. I mean, not, you know, it's, uh, and one of my favorite moments is when we get to that stage, yeah. when they're just like, I can be human. I can be vulnerable. How long does that take typically? Months? It, it, it can be. It depends on, on, on the client. Yeah. You know, they could be so ready for it. There can yeah. be people who are ready to, you know, and, and, and how they respond to the space and what they've been through in their lives. And, and I mean, it doesn't take too, too, too long anymore, yeah. I yeah. feel. I feel like people are more ready to it. And people are also doing other things if they're meditating and journaling. And if you, know, if you, if you come to therapy and you kind of do the homework that we set, then yeah. we get there much faster. Yeah. But it's just so beautiful to see, I know beautiful is such a cheesy word, but it's, it's a humbling. Um, and it saddens me as well as being my favorite part because in those moments of being seen, uh, you know, for who you really are and with no expectations, it's so different from the outside world. And I, and I can just see people come in and they take off their masks and then they you know, get ready to leave and they put the mask back on and they go out into the world. But we're all the same. So mm -hmm. why can't we live in a world where we don't have to wear masks yeah. with each other, where we, where we feel safe? Gotcha. And one thing that I have been so um, Im impressed with and in terms of the therapy developing over the, the 10 years is how mm. many Saudi men have come and opened up. Wow. Individually? Uh, individually, as well as in groups sometimes. I've, okay. had, a, I've had a Saudi, an amazing uh, group of 10 Saudi men you know, who came and took a parenting course. Okay. You know, they wanted to be involved. They wanted to know what they were doing. Awesome. You know, sometimes the, women, the, the, the mother's groups you know, went for 12 or 20 sessions, but they came and they were like, design a course for us that's like four evenings. Yeah. You know, for, <laughs> for yeah. a very long Are you driving these days? I am. Oh my God, it's one um, of the best things that, that has happened. Freedom, huh? Freedom. <laughs> Freedom and just independence. Yeah. You know, not having to rely, it, it helps the household <laughs> function better. Who would have thought you can drive your car to the cinema on a weekend? Yeah. 
three years ago, that parking. wouldn't have been a, if you can find parking. <laughs> but yes, yeah, three years ago. You, you, you couldn't, huh? 2017, uh, no cinemas, no driving, yeah. and uh, here we are, 2020, you can do both. It's interesting how naturally everyone adopted to that. Naturally. No, you know, it's I mean, like no problems. Every other car is a woman driving it and no problem. begs the question. And yeah. every time I, I go to the cinema, I go once a month, and I, and I look at my wife, I'm like, why couldn't we have this all along? Yeah. You know, like yeah. this, we, 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 we made it a big deal for no reason. Yeah. You know, yeah. we'd go to London, we'd go to Dubai. Oh my God, cinema. If only we had it back home. And, and it was just such a seamless introduction to our Absolutely. culture. So many things are. I think people are ready for it. I mean, what's the expression? Everything happens in its time. In its time. Yeah. But, you know. But anyway, but it, uh, it happened now and things are changing yeah. and it's fantastic. Yeah. Um, I want to know the story about your mom being from uh, British Guyana, which is a little country in the northeast part of South America. Did your research? I did my research. I'm a, I'm a geography minor. Okay, okay. I'm definitely not, so I had to do my research too. It's in South America, I promise yes, you. I, I was like, what countries are next to it? Yes. Venezuela, Brazil, Fossil Carita. Learn the map. So she's from there. And, and, and how did she meet your dad, who's from Saudi? Um, she left Guyana when she was 16, and she went to boarding school in the north of England. And then um, she met my dad in... Cambridge, in the town where he was studying uh, there as well. And my aunt, uh, my elder aunt, had, her, her elder sister had met uh, my dad first. And my mom arrived, you know, to the town to visit her. And she was like, you know, stay away from that Saudi guy. <laughs> <laughs> of course, my mom, I think my mom was 17, 18. And, yeah. you know, yeah. a year later, they were married. In and a year from meeting each other. Amazing. Almost, yeah. She was 19. What a story. 19. And, fantastic. you know, that's that's the love story I look up to. That's you know, amazing. Life feels home. Life feels home, I mean. Um, yeah. So, you know, that's been her life. Yeah. It's been with Baba. Yeah. They've been with each other, a family unit of... Mashallah, this is in the 70s we're talking? This is in the 70s, yeah. Because yeah. I was born four years later. Okay. What do we have to say? Right. That was so young, yeah. <laughs> uh, so, so then she moved to, to Saudi a few years after to, they... Yeah, they got married. They moved to California. They lived there in Connecticut. Mm -hmm. And then they moved uh, back to Jeddah. Back to Jeddah. No, actually, no, not, not back to Riyadh. Yeah, Riyadh. yeah Riyadh Exactly, Riyadh. Yeah, Riyadh until almost 96. She must have some stories about what Saudi was like, uh, yeah. you know, in the late 70s. Absolutely. She lived, you know, throughout the whole... The you know seventies, eighties, nineties, two thousand until until today. Until she, today, yeah. She would be someone I'd like to get on the podcast. Come to think of it, if I can get, I'll, I'll set this up in her house. In her house, just so exactly. I you know I don't have to trouble her. But um, but it must be amazing you know to have someone you know with with, with a cold eye, no expectations, not yeah. knowing what to expect. Yeah. Saudi's all we knew. You know we grew up here. This is all we know. But someone yeah. who's lived in South America and then the UK yeah. and then in Saudi, uh, you know, it must have been you know just. Uh, she must have a lot of stories of what that must have been like she living does, here. She does, she does. But you know, our memories of our childhood and even how she describes life back then, it was just so simple and mm -hmm. easy. Yeah. You know, we ask her things about parenting and she's like, you know, I, I don't remember. It was just easy. It was simple. It was just, you know, there were no iPhones. There was no... It was a nice time. It was such a nice time. It was a nice time. Such a nice you know? time. I mean, my childhood in Riyadh was very special. Yeah, people were on time back then. If we said Thursday, which was the first day of the weekend at 5 p.m., yeah. At that ice cream place, everyone would be there. Yeah, yeah. We had a few families that kind of, you know, were kind of from Jeddah and, and some of their local families, and we'd get together every weekend. Mm -hmm. And 
it was so family oriented, so much time with uh, my parents, so much quality time. They were less distracted because now a lot of the problem that's affecting family time, it's not just kids on their iPads and stuff. It's, it's the parents. parents. The parents are just as distracted and they want to yeah. be on their, they're addicted. They're we are addicted because of the dopamine rush. You want more of it. It's like life. You know, it's the hits that you want. I catch myself sometimes on my phone when he's tapping my, my arm. Yeah. And he'd go five, six seconds, and I'd, and I'd realize, I'm like, Mo, this is the exact person I, not, I wanted to, to yeah. not be. Yeah, um, absolutely, me too. It's just the distractions of what we have, really limit yeah. the times that we have you know, to yeah. spend with our children, and that's not okay. It's not okay, because we live on autopilot. So to come off autopilot, we need to question, you know, say, what are our values? Mm -hmm. So let's say, for example, my value is, uh, I, you know, I value family time, and I want to spend time, as much time as possible, quality time with my, my kids. Don't take your cell phone to the table. Uh, you know, stop answering work at a certain time. That's but the we, answer. We don't do that. So yeah. we all need to ask ourselves, what are our values? And then you kind of, every action you take toward that, you, uh, towards that is kind of like a vote that you mm -hmm. make for yourself. Mm -hmm. So if we look at all the actions that we're taking and how we live our daily life, are we voting for ourselves or against ourselves? Mm -hmm. Are we living consciously or unconsciously? Um, I'm so yeah. glad I'm recording this because if I wasn't, I'd be taking notes right now. <laughs> That is You're some so vital piece of information when it comes to how we should carry ourselves with our children. <clears throat> Thank you uh, yeah, for that. Yeah, and for, for everything with our friends and stuff. You know, we, people are always messaging the people they're not with. Yeah. It's this thing of wanting to be connected where you're like, please, let's just yeah. connect, look at me in the eyes. They're never really present. And I'm guilty of that too. I'm, I, I, I come here saying, you know, I, I haven't figured it all out. Mm -hmm. I'm, I'm, I'm working day and day. And what I try and say now is what I, you know, is this, what I've figured it out what I've figured out so far yeah, but yeah. by no means is that the right answer and every day I'm open constant to work in progress yeah you know but yeah. like they say in the alchemist you know listen to your heart yeah and and, and what how are we living yeah what's our purpose big questions very big question <laughs> I don't have my answer so I'm looking for it um you seem like a very happy person okay and you're in the field of psycho therapy, analysis, and all that. Sorry if I you know, mispronounced uh, the profession. Everyone wants to be happy these days. You know, they want to seek happiness. I'll buy that. I'll buy this. We, we, we established yeah. that do cheap dopamine doesn't work. Yeah. <clears throat> How do you achieve happiness if you were to you know, give me a 60-second <laughs> elevator seconds. pitch? How would you achieve happiness? Is, can anyone achieve it? And if so... To the best of your knowledge, how do you achieve happiness? It's going to sound counterintuitive. You achieve happiness by not expecting to be happy. Okay, and by inviting in, kind of by facing the discomfort. Is this, this have anything to do with that um, algorithm that happiness equals expectations minus reality? All our suffering comes from our expectations. Okay. So, so when you, you adjust your expectations, if you, if you adjust your expectations, you don't suffer as much. If you look at any kind of relationship, and a lot of our unhappiness comes from interpersonal relationships too. So your relationships with the other. It sounds counterintuitive because, okay, let's say, how, how do we deal with uncomfortable feelings? We either ignore them or we say... It's me. Okay, <laughs> most of us. Or we say, and then the new field is kind of like, okay, no, let's face them, let's invite them in which is fine, be like, okay, here you are. But the third thing, and the third way to deal with it, the, the best way to deal with discomfort is to befriend them, is to be like, hey, what's up? You know, what can I learn from you? Why are you here? 
you know, everything is information. Every emotion we have is information. Back to the values, you know, if you feel guilt because you're not spending time with your child, that's a good thing. That guilt is telling you that you value spending time with your child versus the like kind of, you know, pervasive guilt or something that you might have learned or, you know, picked up in your childhood. But if you are, if you allow your emotions to come through and you understand your negative emotions, we're not controlled by them because you don't want to be controlled by emotions. You want to control your emotions or at least understand them. And then that will allow you to be happy because you no longer need to be distracted. Mm-hmm. Um, we're, we're, everything we do is kind of to avoid discomfort. So you, you drink water because you're thirsty. You, you know, eat if you're hungry. You're cold, you put on a sweater. But um, so true. The, <laughs> But it's so the, simple then, yeah. It's, it's simple, but the, the, one of the biggest discomforts that we have is the discomfort of wanting. Mm-hmm. So you buy something because you want it. And, and why do we want it? Because we're told that we'll be better if we have it, which is the consumer victim. Yeah. You know, but we're, I mean, are we, are we really? I mean, recently, okay, let's say we're all, uh, it's, a, it's a subject close to my weight obsessed and health obsessed. And, and, and you know, someone's like, you know, if you lose weight, and oh my God, you look so good. And, 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 and I turned around the other day and I'm like, do you love me more now? And maybe it was a bit sarcastic, but it's because it's a battle that I don't enjoy facing, you know, and this thing that if I am thin enough, if I am beautiful enough, I will be loved more. But is that the truth? Is that the truth? We're, yeah. we're all, fl- I mean, maybe to a certain extent in some things, yes, people value beauty and aesthetics, but there isn't an end goal. You aren't going to reach it. Um, there's an amazing course that I think was was really um, subscribed during Corona. Like a lot of people watched it, uh, Dr. Laurie Santos of Yale, and it was called the Science of I think it's the Science of Happiness or the Science of Well-Being. And she kind of shows you all these studies of these things that we think will make us happy, like being you know having a certain amount of wealth, uh, a certain number of friends, a certain number of likes on Facebook. And she really you know cuts it down to what matters, and you know the human connection. Uh, exercise, meditation, gratitude. Um, so these are all things that can help us live a more fulfilling life. Uh, and of course, I mean, I know, I know it's, it's, it, it sounds contradictory and, and you know, people do value, it's, it's hard because we're all programmed to value certain things. Yeah. So if I were to say, you know, forget about all those things and not care about them, then, you know, also I won't fit in or we all struggle with a sense of belonging. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I mean, clearly, you know, coming on the show, being on video is a, is a big deal for me. But that's probably because I'm programmed to feel insecure about certain things that, you know, the world... I'm, I'm, I'm a victim, too. I'm very proud of you <laughs> putting yourself out there. And, uh, you know, they say do one thing every day that scares you. Yes. You have a big check for today. I, I do. <laughs> I think you're good, I, I have the best. Good for the month. 2020 check. 20. <laughs> I did something that scares me. Um, I tend to ask this question, um, not, not, not by choice, but this is kind of become a staple for me it's the last question I leave my guest with um, and uh, it's a letter to your 10 year old self if you were to send a little letter or a note to your 10 year old self um, what, what would what would that letter read it would read take more risks and don't take life too seriously you know kind of live live freely live freely and don't be worried about what other people think you know, at the end of the day, you're the only one living that life, and we don't want to be controlled by others. So again, I, mean, I know I said it before, but kind of checking in, listening to your heart, doing that meditation or that, you know, connection with the divine, and, and you can't go wrong. But uh, 
I think it would be to take, I kind of grew up in an environment that was kind of anxious, be safe, be safe. The world is not safe. So I've kind of battled to kind of say, no, the world is safe enough. And, you know, take risks, travel to different places. You know, I'm always, you know, walking or checking. So, I mean, anxiety plays a, plays a role, but it, it, you know, you want to kind of cut that off with your kids too, but somehow that's how we're all parenting now. We're, we're helicopter parenting and like, world's not safe, but to my younger self, I would be like, it's safe. Grow up with that safety. Talk to people, uh, travel. Yeah. Go see. Fall go down, see. you know, get up. Fall down. Whatever. Get fall hurt, down. you know, it's fine. Yeah way we protect our children the way yeah. I protect my child I, I feel like sometimes I'm not doing him a favor yeah. Yeah. you know yeah. he's constantly now looking over his shoulder is, is, is Baba there um, well yeah. you know Baba one day when he's in school or whatever um, you know he won't be there so I need to start thinking about preparing him for that day Absolutely. Um, Absolutely. Yeah. To, to, to add to yeah. what you said, yeah. which is really lovely, lovely words. If you know, if you yeah. were to send a letter back to your daughter, <laughs> which yeah. is I'm sure what you're instilling in your in your daughter. Um, you, you know, know be uh, curious. Yeah. Be yeah. be wildly curious. Mm -hmm. You know, ask any question because it's in asking uh, it's in asking the questions that we live, not finding the answers. Because there's always, you know, yeah. Yeah. Um, don't take no for an answer. Don't take no for an answer. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, be brave. Um, and yeah. you know what? And, and this is something that we, we've talked about a lot. To be brave, you need to be fearful. Mm -hmm. To be courageous, you need to have that fear. If someone you know, jumps off the cliff and they're not scared, they didn't need courage. You know, yeah, you know, and yeah. vulnerability takes that too. Yeah. You know, to be vulnerable takes courage, takes strength to you know, unmask and just be, be you. I was going to ask you that question, but then I skipped it. And uh, I went straight to the one about what would you do uh, and a note to your 10 year old self I was going to ask you but since you brought it up how would you define vulnerability 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 takes courage takes strength it's it's a putting your ego aside it's letting it's being you without all the habits that we've picked up without all the shields without all the masks you know allowing yourself to be seen yeah you know, allowing yourself to be human and, and instead of these superhuman beings that we, we try to be. Uh, I would imagine vulnerability is a sensation that most of the people you see have. They feel vulnerable. You know, they feel yeah. helpless. Um, yeah. and, and, and there you are, uh, you know, try, try, trying to show them the way, uh, trying to help them break free of that vulnerability uh, or weakness. Or, or t yeah, but, and also to embrace that. That's normal. To embrace it. To embrace wow. it. That, Thank you. See, that's <laughs> my natural, my like my, my psyche tells me to, you know, ignore it, leave it. You're not that, but yeah. but embracing it is how you, as a as a professional in, yeah. in what you do, would yeah. uh, advise one. You know, that's yeah. how that's how you that's how you would tackle it. Yeah, let's embrace it. Let's talk about it. Let's talk about how painful it is. Mm -hmm. Because what is the risk of being vulnerable? It's rejection, shame. Uh, you know, where where you feel exposed. Yeah. So not fitting in. Not fitting yeah. in. And, and let's, let's think about what that would feel like and what would happen to you. And we try and take you to the, to the edge of that fear and sit with it. Yeah. Is it really that bad? It's yeah. always our imagination of what it could be that's so be. much worse. Yeah. Our bias towards thinking certain things will make us a lot more happier than they do. Mm -hmm. And um, as well that some, something bad will, be, will destroy us mm -hmm. when, when actually when it happens, it doesn't. Yeah. Thank you so much, You're honestly. So welcome. You've, uh, you've thrown I want to stay all night talking. So <laughs> it's, it's, it's amazing. And, um, and, and I'm sure the people listening would, would want to continue hearing you speak all night uh, because this is something that at least, you know, many people, many people, not all, but many, many people 
can take uh, a lot from, uh, can learn a lot from, yeah. uh, gems to go about, uh, you know, living your life. Um, we all need help on yeah. some level. And I hope that people here today have, uh, you know, have learned a thing or two from what you said. Yeah. And I love what you do. Thank you. I don't think uh, there's anything better uh, for a human to do on this planet than, than helping another human. Yeah. It's, yeah. Uh, it's everything, really. It's the best thing that anyone can do is help a person. And, and you help a person in the most needed way because as far as the person is concerned that sees you, nobody else can help them. They've gotten to the point where it's just despair. Yeah. Um, and, yeah. uh, and it's amazing what you do. Um, and I'm super proud of you and the girls who you know, initiated this company, ACT, 10 years ago. And um, it's great to hear you know, where you guys have, uh, you know, your humble beginnings to where you are now. Thank you. So uh, you know, you're definitely someone who I'm gonna wanna have again on the show because uh, the world needs to you know, hear about this, you know, <laughs> about how, how, how someone could, uh, could help themselves in, uh, in their day-to-day in their -day lives. Thank you. So I appreciate it, Asya, and, uh. um, and I hope you enjoyed it. I, I, I loved it. I really enjoyed the space, as nervous as I was, but that's a normal human emotion. Yeah, of course, of course. Um, and I'm, I'm, I'm very grateful. Uh, that you asked me, really honored. And I, I just want to end with, with saying that I'm so grateful to my parents as well because they really gave us the freedom to kind of follow our paths and do whatever we believed made us happy. And they've just, you know, that safe, that, that therapy room environment, oh, yeah. that safe acceptance and, yeah. and non-judgmental space. And I, and I had that growing up. And I think that just, I feel such gratitude towards that that I also, regardless of everything else I went through, but you know what they call therapists wounded healers, you know, mm -hmm. that's a, another mm -hmm. story, but without them and what they, they, they're nurturing, they're really warm, accepting, compassionate nurturing yeah. allowed me to, to be able to do this. So it's I a just great environment say, uh, to, uh, really grateful. I, 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 I cannot echo those words any harder. I think it's the perfect uh, environment to be, to, to grow up in. Uh, in a household with parents that are understanding, that are accepting, yeah. um, and allow know, you to be you, 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 yeah, yeah. And, and 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 show you the way. And if you know you want to go in a different path, I'll, I'll yeah. support you. Let's see, let's see where you're going. Um, yeah. I might learn something from you uh, as a as, absolutely, as a parent, yeah. absolutely. And, and you know that's that's what therapy is. It's allowing you to claim your home back. Mm -hmm. It's allowing you to be you. You don't need to be different. Yeah. You just need to come like come off autopilot yeah. and go back to you go back to being home yeah. Yeah. it's amazing lovely words thanks Thank again you. for coming thanks on thanks so much and we'll speak to you okay. soon inshallah, inshallah. alright thanks Asya bye bye, bye. bye.